Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Truth for Youth Bible Week. Oh, how we appreciate our friend and our brother, Tim Todd, and all that he's doing to take the gospel to people of all ages, especially young people. Hi, Alex McFarland here along with Bert Harper, and we're going to go to questions now on this special edition of Exploring the Word and that number for your Bible question. If you have a, a question about some passage of Scripture or just a question about Christianity in general, we'll do our best to answer. It's 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. But Bert, uh, like myself, I'm sure you're always inspired when you hear about the way that God is working in the lives of young people and, and working through the campaign to put the New Testament in the hands of students through truth for youth. You know, it's the excitement, uh, the exuberance of the young people. It just uh, energizes. As, as a pastor, I was energized being around young people. And oh, yeah. uh, it, it just that way. And then you get them excited about the Lord. It is going to help. And we need to finish the work. I was wanting to read a passage of Scripture while we're waiting on the phones. And again, as Alex has said, that number is 888-589-8840. 888 This uh, we wanted to have the opportunity for Truth for Youth Bible Weeks, and go. you can go to that, Truth for Youth, and order those Bibles. But let me read this scripture. It's Nehemiah. I love the book of Nehemiah. We have studied it, and and it when they finished the wall, uh, it says this in chapter 6, verses 15 and 16, wait for the last word that he gives. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of Elu in 52 days. And it happened when all our enemies heard of it and all the nations around us saw these things that they were disheartened in their own eyes for they perceived that this work was done by our God. When mm. I hear about truth for youth and 2.7 million New Testaments given out and Amen. then over 25,000 responding saying they trusted the Lord, uh, I perceive that this is a work of God, Alex. This is a work of God, and uh, so we, we are honored to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, it's on the website. If you go to the American Family Association website, there's uh, information right there on the homepage about how you can uh, participate. And see, it's peer-to-peer -peer outreach. A student gets one of these Bibles, and they can give it to a fellow student. And like, I don't know if you were listening to the interview with Tim Todd before that, for students to have a Bible on campus— it is completely legal, and they're well within their rights. And we just um, we know that some of the best evangelists to youth are their fellow teenagers. Amen. Amen. Hey, we've got people that are called in. We're not going to have a break. We're going to go to the end of the hour and taking questions. And okay. we're going first to Louisiana and talk to Randy. Randy, welcome to Exploring the Word. Randy, are you there? Okay, as I'm trying one more time. Randy, are you there? Hello, Randy. Yes. Okay, you're on. I, I, you weren't hearing me or what, but what's your question for us today, brother? Thank you for calling. Well, 
I'm concerned about, uh, you know, I'm not masking up. I'm not taking the, the COVID shot. Uh, some people within the, the, the congregation says, well, how can you go against the authorities? The, uh, the governor says he's supposed to wear a mask. Uh, yeah, the president says you're supposed to take the shot. How can you go against uh, the authorities uh, that, that are set in place by God? And, and, and I'm looking for some scriptures to, to kind of justify my actions, or, or am I unjustified? I guess that's my question. Go ahead, Alex. Uh, Bert, let me speak to this. And by the way, thank you for, for this question. And let me just, by, by a, a way of a disclaimer, let everybody, your health and your medical decisions need, between, need to be between you and your doctor. So whenever you've got a question about your health, uh, go to your doctor, your medical provider, and you make decisions about your health based on the information you get from your medical professionals. So let me just say this, Romans 13, 1 through 7. I would encourage people to read that because for one thing, let me just say this, and I'm going to tell you why I think that Christians have the right, um, if they were to choose, to take the vaccine or not take the vaccine, and why not taking the vaccine does not constitute insurrection, and and I'll explain in a minute, but Romans 13, 1 through 7 says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established or permitted. And it goes on to say that the rulers who may not realize it, in verse 4, they are God's servants, the word is literally minister, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. All right, there's a subject called ethics, and that's right and wrong, Christian ethics. And I've known some people that were very, uh, very well taught in this area of Christian ethics. So here's the ethical question. Would Romans 13, that understanding that we are to not be rioters, insurrectionists, and that the police, the authorities, the government is as long as it's just moral government, it really is doing the will of God. Uh, and I want to say this, and, and I'm not saying whether you should or shouldn't take the COVID vaccine, but I am saying that you have the right to make decisions that impact your body. Because here's the thing, um, vandalism, smashing windows, causing a riot. If you did choose to refuse the vaccine, that's not going to cause pandemonium in a city. And it's far from proven, you know, how COVID, uh, what masks do or don't do, uh, what uh, if somebody is vaccinated, do they have more resistance or somebody who has survived this far have more antibodies? The science and the information is all over the map. So my point being, if you based on your convictions and your consultation with your doctor, if you felt led to not take the vaccine, I do not think that that violates the prohibition against insurrection laid out by Romans 13. Alex, I would agree. And again, uh, the whole idea here uh, is the great unknown. We don't know. Uh, We're praying. Listen, I pray that the vaccine is good. I'm praying that the vaccine is 
good. I know it's more like a shot than a vaccine. I remember taking the polio vaccine. I took mm-hmm. it one time, and I wasn't going to get polio. This is more like the flu shot. You take it, and you got to take it again. You know, and there is a little bit of difference in the terminology. And I don't want to make a big deal out of that, but there is information. Uh, I was asked this the other day by a medical person and what's the response. And I, I really believe there's a liberty in that, uh, You whether mm-hmm. you take it or do not take it. But I would say, you know, James said, uh, and if man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. I pray that we would have wisdom on our own that we know our bodies, and like you said, Alex, it's our decision on that. And so we're not coming out and saying, don't take the vaccine. We're not saying, oh, be sure and take it. We're not saying, oh, if you don't wear a mask, you're going, you know, there's got to be some liberty here. We talked a good bit about that uh, in the book of Galatians. You remember the liberty Mm -hmm. that you have in Christ? Uh, But be careful, be cautious. I think when we first started doing this and everybody's talking about closing down churches. Alex, uh, it, it sounded good to me to do what they asked because they said we want to make the curve not as high. You know, that was the first mm-hmm. thing. And I think we did that, and now the whole idea is, okay, do we keep it closed and the whole idea. So we're praying for wisdom. And uh, so, Randy, thank you. We hope that scripture, Romans 13, I think it will help. Uh, next, let's go to Arkansas and talk to Douglas. Douglas, welcome. Good afternoon. Yes. Uh, my question is, I am attempting to uh, read my Bible, study through uh, cover to cover, and I started in Genesis, and I'm working my way through, but I'm getting information from other people telling me that there's better ways to, to study, read, and understand the Bible, and I so I was wanting some resources study guides, uh, things like that that I can use to help me, again, better understand and get more out of my reading. Amen, Douglas. Praise the Lord for what you're doing. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. There's no bad way. First of all, there's no bad way. Reading it through from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, I, I'm going to talk about a man, uh, W.A. Criswell. He was the pastor of the First Baptist Church for Dallas for 50 years, and Dr. Robert Jeffries is there now doing an awesome job. But he preached through the entire Bible. And uh, after it was over, he said, how would he do it? He said, if I had it to do over, I would mix the Old Testament and New Testament up. He said, I would read some or preach from there, but I would go to the New Testament. And, and when I thought about, you know, that's not bad reading. Read the first five books. I, I think you do good reading the first five books of the Old Testament. You know, Alex, read it mm-hmm. through then what I think you could do is read some in the New Testament, the one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and, and switch it up. Now, there's no bad way. And the other day we were talking about getting a chronological Bible and reading it chronologically. You know, you can find that, and it shows you when each book came along. And But what would you say to Douglas? Well, God bless you for wanting to study the Word of God and, you know, prayerfully, regularly read the Word of God. Let, let me just say a couple of things. Um, the Billy Graham ministry and how we love and appreciate Billy Graham and, uh, you know, lis- listen to us around Christmas t- time. Sooner or later, we generally have Franklin Graham on at least once to talk about the shoebox ministry. But the Billy Graham ministry has an online Bible course. And 
it's free. And if you Google something like Bible Lessons Billy Graham, you'll find it. And you can take this course, and it's it's really solid. It's really wonderful, and it's free. And if you have access to a computer, you can study the Bible based on this Billy Graham training thing. One other thing that I want to mention, and I don't know that I've ever mentioned this on the air, but I went to Liberty University, and when I was there, Thomas Road Baptist Church and Dr. Jerry Falwell was, uh, I mean, they were they had a, a call center and a counseling center, and oh, I, I remember this was 30 years ago, and they were leading roughly 75,000 people a year to Christ on the telephone, and maybe they still do. But Dr. Falwell had a book, and it's online, and you can find it for free, but it's called How to Get Started Right. Bert, isn't that a good title? Amen. How to Get... And, and it was, you know, I don't know, 70 or 80-page book, and they gave it away by the hundreds of thousands of copies. But it was the basics. What is salvation? How do I understand God's Word? How do I live the Christian life? Can God help me overcome bad habits? How do I find a good church? How, what is tithing? And I want to tell you, I've often thought about Dr. Falwell's little book. You can find it online, How to Get Started Right. It was just about the, the, the best little book of just common sense Christianity. And I, I would encourage you guys to search it out. That's good. Let me give you another. One of our ministering partners is Wesley Biblical Seminary out of Jackson, yes. Mississippi. And you talking about some great people. You can audit some of their classes, or you can take it for credit. But Wesley Biblical Seminary, a high regard for Scripture, highest you can get, and and do a great job. So there's material out there, and there's availability of studying. But read the Bible. Douglas, you won't go wrong. Thank you, brother. Let's go to Louisiana and talk to Todd. Todd, welcome. Hey, brothers. Thanks for taking my call. I got a question and one comment, if I may. Um, my question is about Philippians 2. When Paul talks about Jesus, you know, saying that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. Now, is, it that, is that at the resurrection or is that at the great white throne judgment? And my comment is this. To everyone listening to the sound of my voice, what's wrong with wanting everlasting life? Why do we have to get persecuted for believing that, you know, that there's a life after death? Okay. Thank you, mm. Todd. Amen. Hey, uh, we've got more to live for than the present. Isn't that awesome thought? We've got more to live for than the present. Alex, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. The whole issue is where you're going to do it and when. You know, mm. it's not if, wow. it's when and where, isn't it? Yeah, Philippians 2, verse 10. For this reason also God has highly exalted him, that meaning Jesus, and given him the name above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, every knee bowing is significant of royalty, acknowledgement. You bow to a king, and the Bible teaches that Jesus is Savior, Prophet, King, Lord, and God. Now, when and where? Uh, the Philippians 2.10 says those in heaven, and Bert, I think the angels in heaven that didn't fall, the two-thirds of the angels that never did fall, They've always cried, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. 
they will bow, and on earth. Now, so I'm thinking this is at the end of the millennium, just before the ushering in of eternity proper, and the great white throne, um, you know, and the Bible says, and I realize this is very, very tragic to think about Revelation 20, that uh, death and hell, the beast, the false prophets, Satan, the fallen angels, and whosoever was not found written in the Lamb's book of life will be thrown in the lake of fire, which burneth forever and ever. Very sad. But um, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, uh, I, and I can't be sure you correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking this is at the end of the millennium, but just as eternity proper is ushered in, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I I think you're right on the when, the where. Uh, you know, the, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, that's for those that have already proclaimed his name and we've bowed. For those that did not, they, according to what Luke 16, in the rich man lifted up his eyes, being in hell, where, where? You want to do it now. Let me just say, bow to the Lord now and let him be Lord of your life. He is Lord, but you let you ask him to come in as he is. By the way, Alex, I don't think he comes in any other way except as Lord. He doesn't give up his lordship in order to enter somebody's life. You know, right, right. He is Lord, and we glorify him. Thank you so much, uh, Todd. Let's go to Arkansas and talk to Yeah, Jerry. Jerry, welcome. Hey, how's it going, guys? I've been listening to your show for a couple of weeks now, and uh, and you just sound more knowledgeable than almost anybody I've ever talked to about uh, just the nature of God, uh, his personality, and, and what the Word has to say about him. And uh, so... When I was in high school, that person for me was my woodshop teacher, and, and I had a question for him. I asked him, uh, well, Mr. Durham, what about the man on the backside of a mountain, uh, you know, who's never heard the name of Jesus? Uh, how is he supposed to come bridge the gap of sin and, and go be with God if he's never going to hear about Jesus? And he said, well, there's a verse that says man can look upon creation and know that there's a creator and, and, and know God through his, his creation that way. And so I accepted that as, as the answer, and I went on to college. And then uh, I asked my youth minister, uh, you, know, you know, why did God make me this way? Why did he make me so arrogant? Uh, why did he make people to do evil and end up going to hell, you know? And then he showed me a verse in Romans, uh, the clay has no right over the potter to ask verbatim what I was saying. Uh, God, why have you made me this way? Uh, and then... That sounds kind of cruel, but it also says that the potter has the right uh, to show mercy on the vessels that he made, say, to throw trash in rather than to sit on the table as the centerpiece. And they threw Pharaoh's name out there as an example. You know how uh, it says God hardened his heart so that his power could be displayed when he freed his people, you know, through Moses, uh, part in the Red Sea. Uh, so then now my question is for you guys, with all that in mind, do you think that there will be a conversation between those people like Pharaoh or those people like the man who will never hear Jesus' name, lives in a small village on the backside of a mountain, uh, between God and them before they're judged, where God says, you know what, hey, I am real, and uh, you have sinned against me, but I love you, and here's what I did for you. 
do you want to live with me forever? Do you think that they'll get a chance to be prompted despite living a life of either disbelief or ignorance? Okay, Jerry. Thank you, man. Great. You set it up well. Alex, uh, we must respond to the light that is given, whatever light. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jerry, I'd add the scriptures that you said. I would add Romans to that. Uh, because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Now, how can you know God? I know you know God through creation, and that was your workshop's answer. They can know God through through nature. Alex, I'm one of those that believes if they respond to God in nature, God will give more light, and He, you can know God through conscience. You know God through design. Uh, there's so many ways knowing that there's a God. I think there's two or three ways. Notice Rahab. She knew that these people that were coming in, she hadn't heard the direct answer, but she knew the God that they served was real, and she responded to it when they came with those spies. I think the the Ethiopian eunuch, when he came to Jerusalem, he came there to do what? To worship. Now, he was down in Ethiopia but he knew there's something drawing him. God draws people to himself, does the grace of God has appeared to all men? Amen. Uh, yeah, the the great that's Titus two eleven. The grace of God which brings salvation has appeared to all men. And by the way, the caller, you set this question up as articulately and as uh, uh, comprehensively as I've ever heard anybody do. You know the. Peter, in Acts chapter 10, Bert, I've often thought about this. Read Acts 10, 34 and following. Now, let me read this, and I want to be clear. There is no salvation except through Jesus. But as Bert said, most scholars would say that God judges you on your response to the amount of light that you had. Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth... I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Okay, but the problem is in Romans 3.11, it says there was no one who understands, no one who seeks God. So even, as the caller said, the man on the backside of the mountain, um, we assume that he is seeking God, but in reality, he may not. Now, there might be somebody in a big city, and they've got a Christian radio station, there's a church on every corner, and they've had a big witness, and we, we, we say, wow, they've rejected the light they had. But even the hypothetical good man in the backside of the jungle, who we think hasn't had a good witness, maybe, maybe his knowledge of God was minimal, creation and conscience, but he suppressed what he thought about. But I would encourage people, I've always recommended this book. It's a wonderful book by a solidly conservative scholar, Don Richardson, Eternity in Their Heart, Eternity in Their Heart. We know God does all things well, but we also know, Bert, that we've been told, go tell the whole wide world. That, that is our job, isn't it? It is, and I, I just tell you, it's our job to get the word out. Go into all the world. You shall be witnesses, and that's what we're to do. Jerry, we hope we've given you a little bit. Uh, you've asked a question, as Alex said, that was set up really well. God is going to do what is right in his eyes, not ours, Alex. It's what he mm-hmm. says. 
Hey, That's we're going to have Fireway Friday tomorrow, so we're going to have a whole hour of nothing but questions and hopefully answers. So tell someone about exploring the Word, but more importantly, tell them about Jesus. <laughs>